0: morning church how are you all doing today are you ready to receive from God's word how many of you love God's word wow I am excited to be here one more time I know that uh, I'm also glad to see some familiar faces Uh, when I say familiar I've seen you before and it's good to be back here and uh, uh, I just want to take a moment first to honor the father and the mother of this house, Pastor Stephen and Nymphy, and uh, their sacrifices, their their hard work in, in investing and sowing into this land. Uh, you know, it was eight years back, you know, we were just talking about this, how the Lord brought them to Manipal, and within a few months, they started this church. After... Our marriage, this was the first uh, place we came to outside our church. This is the first church we came to together as a couple to minister and to be part of. And uh, I have seen how the vigor, the fire in this church has only continued to grow over the years. And, And this morning was nothing less. And this morning was so beautiful. I thank God for a church that loves Jesus. If he can continue to love jesus if we can continue to love his presence if he can continue to honor the the person that he is we will see his grace this grace to host him in our city to host him in our nation we will see his grace manifest and we, i believe that revival is not about just an extended time of service revival Is when we are able to host his presence in our city in our nation in a very tangible way and if we can pursue that and if we can believe for that if if we can fight for that if we can pray for that if we can worship for that if we can study the Bible for that if we can you know fast for that if we can put our tithes and our offerings towards that if we can believe God for his tangible presence in our city in Manipal in Mangalore In Udupi, wherever we have our physical presence that God's tangible presence will come in all those places. If we can believe for that, I'm telling you, we are in for a time of revival. You like it or not, a revival is coming. You like it or not, you pray for it or not, a revival is coming. Even if you work for it or not, it is coming. Okay, But if we pray for it, we'll be part of it. If you work for it, we will be in it when it comes. We will not be spectators of it. We will be partakers of it. That's going to be the biggest difference uh, if and when it comes. And I'm, I'm here to just encourage you and to, to stand with you in your pursuit of, of what God is doing in this city. Amen. And, uh, you know, I, I, Pastor Stephen said you can take all the time you want. I, so I hope that you've had a good breakfast. Because I, I, don't, I don't intend to stop anytime soon, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I, I'll try and stop. You know, the good thing about wearing a mask is I don't know when you're yawning. You know, so, so even if you yawn, I don't know it. So I, I don't know when you want me to stop. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep on going. And, uh, and if you will travel with me, the, the faster you receive, the faster I will stop. The longer you take to understand this, the longer it will take for me to explain and and go into detail, okay? So are you ready? Let's go into the word Joshua chapter 6 and verse 1. This is a very familiar story for most of us. uh, But we'll uh, go into it and we'll try to understand what is the Lord speaking. Joshua chapter 6 verse 1. The Bible says, now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut. Everybody said tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites no one was allowed to go out or in this is the state of Jericho how many of you know the city of Jericho you've read about the city of Jericho and the Bible says that they were so afraid of what was about to take place they were so scared of the next thing that is about to happen that they were tightly shut they had They had locked themselves in. They were in a lockdown. Technically, this city was under a lockdown because they were afraid of the people of Israel. They had heard about what these Israelites did in Egypt. They had heard about how they have reached till here. They've heard about all the other battles that these Israelites had fought and because of which they were now shut. They had closed themselves and and they had said, Nobody gets to go out of this place and nobody gets to come in to this place. They knew that something disastrous is about to take place. See, when you, when you look at this story, you see how God had elevated this man called Joshua. You know, Joshua is the person that God used in this particular story. And, and for Joshua, this would be the first time that he is fighting a battle where he is the leader of the camp. You know, he's fought a battle before, but this is the first time when he is in charge of the battle, where he is on top. He is the commander-in-chief of the nation. And the Bible says that the people were so afraid, so scared of this man Joshua, that they just shut themselves in. They knew for a fact that they are going to lose this battle. Now, see, when we look at this, we... We think, wow, what a, what a great you know, testimony, what a great ending, what a great blessing to reach there. But what we don't know is that it was not overnight that this happened to Joshua. He, you know, when we look at somebody else's success, we envy that and we want that and we, we desire for that and we pray that, you know, make me like that person or... Make me like that brother, like that sister. But we don't know the sacrifices that they have made to reach where they have reached. We don't know the amount of things that they have had to give up to reach where they have had to reach. And then we envy their success and then we envy their blessings. We don't know how many times they have had to say no to people, how many times they've had to say no to food, how many times they've had to say no to television how many times they've had to say no to the things that they enjoy that the things that they that that is comfortable for them and it is on you know it is after a whole journey that these guys have reached here so if we are going to want to be successful like they are we have to understand the process that took them there the steps that brought them to where they were so will you journey with me for this Okay, because we need to understand, how is it that these guys were so afraid of Joshua? What did Joshua do? What What are the principles that he activated? What was it that he walked in? What was it that he received from God for being able to lead a nation into a victory like this? You know, if you go to Joshua chapter 1, you would see the first thing there. The Lord is speaking to... Joshua and God says to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse 5 says no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live come on read the next line with me for I will be with you as I was with Moses and I will not fail you or abandon you so this is this is the first step now Moses has just passed on Moses has died and the Bible says now God is appointing God is now speaking to Joshua and he's commissioning Joshua and how is it that God commissions Joshua he says I am going to make sure that no one will be able to stand up against you why is that because I will be with you everybody say for the four in that statement is telling you why no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life see what we do is we pick up that one line no one will be able to stand against you and then we claim or, claim it we stand upon it we confess it and we declare it and we're wondering why is it not working for us because we we are claiming some promises of God without understanding the principles that bring those promises of God to us do you understand why promises don't work for us some promises don't work for us You know, we know the scripture that says no weapon formed against me will prosper. You know, it also says for every tongue that rises against me, I will condemn. The reason these weapons that are fashioned against you do prosper is because you're not condemning the tongues that are rising up against you. You're not doing your part and you're wondering why is it that God is not keeping his end of the bargain. See, when we walk out of the divine principles that God has given us in his word, we cannot expect the kind of protection, we cannot expect the kind of provision, and we cannot expect the promises that God has given us in his word to manifest for us. So that's why here it's necessary for us to understand why will no one be able to stand against Joshua. Because God says, for I will be with you, like i was with moses so what god is saying is joshua there's going to be an impartation of the same grace that was upon moses upon you so as long as you can understand that as long as you can remain submitted to that as long as you're willing to receive that you will be victorious You know every one of us we want to be uh, we all like to be the the self-made man or a self-made woman we don't want anybody else's help or blessings or you know uh, you know support but here God says no here is your key Joshua if you can get this you will be victorious I will be with you in the same measure that I was with Moses So if you want to know how I'm going to do things in your life, you will need to study your man of God, Moses. You'll need to spend time researching how Moses was successful. You will need to pursue Moses' ways of serving me. You will need to pursue the the principles that Moses pursued. And as that manifests for you, my grace will manifest over your life. See, there are so many things that God wants to do for us. But it will not come to us unless we submit to the right people that God has placed over our lives. And God is saying, I will, I will give you victory. I will give you blessings. But this is, the, this is the pathway to your blessing. You need to locate your Moses. You need to locate the man that I have placed you under. So the first key for Joshua was the fact that he received an impartation. Of the same grace that was upon Moses because of his submission to this man of God Moses the second thing that you see is he didn't stop with that he knew his assignment was not just to you know be a great leader to the Israelites he knew that God has now called him to take down the the nations that he was about to occupy so he began the preparation process because you remember what did God tell him Just like I I was with Moses, I'll be with you. So exactly the same thing that Moses did, he began to do. And he remembered that when Moses initially, okay, they had just reached the promised land within the first two years of traveling from Egypt. And as soon as they reached the promised land, Moses, he sent out 12 spies to Canaan. You remember the story? This is not after 40 years. This is at the beginning of their journey. They'd already reached Canaan and, and, and Moses sent out 12 spies to go and scout out the land. So Joshua said, okay, I'm going to do the same thing. In Joshua chapter 2, verse 1, you would see how Joshua would send out two people and said, go and scout out Jericho because Jericho is our next target. We need to get to the, uh, the root of how this city works. We need to know all the entry points, all the exit points. We need to know how many people are there in the army. We need to know how many people are there in the uh, you know in, in the uh, at the gates. We need to know who are these people, all these details. let's do our research. So Joshua spent time preparing the same way that his spiritual father prepared to enter into his promised land so see. I'm I'm not saying we cannot be creative here. But I'm saying there is a grace in you imitating your leaders. There is a grace that comes with you imitating your leaders. Paul said it like this. Why don't you imitate me as I imitate Christ? Imitating means just to copy and do the exact same thing. Just do the exact same thing. He prays for three hours, you pray for three hours. He reads the Bible in this way, you read the Bible in the same way. And I'm telling you the same grace that is upon your leaders will begin to flow through you. Because you see the success that Joshua had. See, Moses' venture didn't, wasn't very successful. Moses sent out 12, right? And out of the 12, only two came back with a good report. So Joshua said, I'm not going to send 12. I'm only going to send the two. He found the two that were going to bring a good report and send the two into Jericho and said, Go scout out the land. Now, let me explain this to you. So many times we undervalue the need for our preparation. We think that oh, just because I have prayed, just because I have fasted, just because, you know, I, I don't, I don't need to know, or I, I don't need to understand the background or the context of the, the people that I'm ministering to, or the, or the, you know, sometimes we pray and we go and write exams without studying, right? anybody who has done that no it's only me okay thank you my brother thank you thank you you know and we think why is it that God is not showing up hey there is a preparation involved you you need to do your part you need to prepare for the victory that God wants to give you you need to do your part and then let God do the rest and here is Joshua he first received an impartation and then he goes into the preparation mode then he begins to tell his people It's necessary that now we get to understand the context of what victory we need to receive. Now, in doing so, he was not trying to, you know, like take a stock of, okay, how many people we need for this victory or... No, he was just trying to understand who is his enemy. He is trying to understand what is the thing that he is going to be fighting and... The next step that he did was that he crossed over now in, in, in joshua chapter 3 verse 6 you will see uh, him giving the order to the priest saying you know why don't you uh, take the ark and go and stand in the jordan river and let the entire nation of israel let us cross across the river you know this was a point of no return now you know now if they cross this river there, there is no turning back because still now they still have the option of continuing to stay in the wilderness but once they cross the river and they come to the other side they are either going to be targets of the enemy or they would have to destroy their enemy they you know joshua put them into a very difficult place he it was a big step of faith for joshua to cross the river and go to the other side see sending two people into the other side was not a big challenge if you lose you lose only two people but now he said come on let's cross over to the other side let's go to the other side so this morning i I believe that some of you the lord is going to inspire you to take some steps of faith i don't know what that is i don't i don't need to understand all that god is asking you to do but the lord will ask you to take some steps of faith some things to cross over to the other side. Some of you, God has already been speaking over the last few days, few weeks. And today the Lord has come to just push you to the other side. Push you over the edge. And say, hey, why don't you take the leap now? It's time to go to the next level. For long you've been wandering in the wilderness. You know, at one point God told Moses, hey, these guys have been going round and round in the wilderness for the last 40 years. They 've been just wandering They've, they were not progressing, but now finally Joshua said it's time for us to go to the next step it's not enough that we are prepared it's not enough that we have the right impartation now it's necessary that we take the physical steps required to go to the next level so I, I you know I, I truly believe that today God wants you to do something practical, not just go back saying wow good word thank you lord for all that you're doing but go back saying okay i know what i need to do now i know what are the barriers that i need to cross over i know what are the things that i need to you know just step out of and step into today the lord is pushing you into the other side so joshua did not just receive the impartation he did not just prepare but he was also Uh, the the kind that took the step of faith to cross over to the other side, then you would see what he did in chapter 5 and verse 3. The Bible says, So Joshua made flint knives and he circumcised the entire male population of Israel at this place. This is where things get tricky. You know, If you wanted to circumcise these guys you should have done that before you put them in harm's way you should have done that in the wilderness where there was not enemies you know watching you and trying to fight you but after crossing the jordan is when joshua circumcises them and he says hey now we are into serious business this is a big step of faith guys you know where they where they are right if if you throw a long arrow from Jericho, it's going to hit you. He's he's brought them that close to the enemy and now he circumcises them. You know, circumcision, it can show different things. It can show consecration. You know, if you read the letters of Paul, he would talk about a circumcised heart. It can show consecration that is necessary before we enter into a battle. It can show... The fact that it is, uh, you you need to realign to your identity. See, for the Israelites, the the fact that they are circumcised had to do with their identity. When God told Abraham, saying, hey, everybody in your family needs to be circumcised, it was to identify that they are your sons, they are your family members. And so today, I, I believe that before God gives us a victory, you know as part of the process of us reaching there the Lord is also calling us to a season a place of consecration see a a place of consecration is a place where you have to become very vulnerable where you know the things that you expose can be used against you see you understand this right these guys are standing at the gates of Jericho and they are circumcised do you know another story in the Bible where an entire city was circumcised where you know uh, the brothers of Dina they went and circumcised an entire uh, they went and killed an entire city of males who were just circumcised and they couldn't fight back see 12 people 12 or 13 guys they took down an entire city of men because these guys couldn't fight back in their vulnerable place And right now, Joshua has done the same thing to about 2 million Israelites that are standing at the walls of Jericho saying, hey, if we need to take this down, we need consecration. Now, again, like I said, consecration requires you to be vulnerable, requires you to be accountable, requires you to open up to your leaders, requires you to be open about your struggles about your weaknesses requires you to trust the process that God has over your life what God is doing in your life because you know it, it the healing will happen but the healing takes time so you need to trust and wait and let the Lord do his part do his work in our heart and and today I don't know what you're going through but the Lord is calling you into a place of consecration because if only you can see the victory that he wants to give you, the pain that you're going through will not be a big thing. The things that God is asking you to avoid, you know, you wouldn't find that to be something too hard to give up. So today, if you, if you don't mind, I, I want you to become intentional to just, you know, I'll give you time in between, but I want you to become intentional to write down whatever God is speaking whatever God is asking you to consecrate yourself from. Now, see, I'll tell you this. Some of the things that God will ask you to consecrate yourself from may not be sinful things. We are, we are very Christian when we talk about consecration. We, we think that, oh wait, I don't watch these things, I don't drink these things, I don't do these things, so I am a consecrated Christian. But if you study how consecration worked back in the day, It was never about the wrong things that God asked them to consecrate from. God's point of consecration was that they had to disconnect from what was normal, what was acceptable and and rise one step higher. So for a Nazarite, for example, in in the Old Testament, everybody could go to the barber and get a nice haircut. But here was a Nazarite who was not allowed to do that, who had to stay away from cutting their hair now this it was not sinful to cut your hair but it it required a certain level of separation some area where they had to be consecrated set apart from the rest of the Israelites so the Lord is calling us into a place of consecration you need to understand you need to ask God what area of my life do you want me to consecrate is it is it in my food is it in my phone time the time that I spend on social media is it, in the, is it in my conversations with people? Wh- which areas of my life do I need to consecrate and consecrate specially in this season? If we have to receive this victory that the Lord wants to release among us, then we have to be willing to go that extra mile to consecrate ourselves. We cannot, we cannot inherit this breakthrough if we are not willing to be consecrated. So Joshua, the Bible says, He consecrated the entire camp of Israel. And and the last thing that he did was that he surrendered. Now you would see this in the same chapter, Joshua chapter 5 and verse 14, where he saw this commander of God's army. And the Bible says as soon as he had this revelation of this commander of God's army, he just fell to his face on the ground with reverence and Joshua said I am at your command whatever you say I will do so Joshua progressed it began with an impartation then it went to preparation then it went to crossing over taking a step of faith then consecration and finally he came to a place of surrender where he said okay Have your way, do whatever you want to do. This is the Joshua that the people in Jericho were scared of. Do you understand the process now? Do you understand where Joshua has been, what all he has done to reach this place? Now we think, wow, this man was an overnight success. He wasn't. He had to go through that process. He had to take these steps one, one day at a time. He had to go through these times and seasons of preparation, of, of consecration, of, of crossover, of, of surrender to God to finally reach a place where the enemy is now going to be scared of him and the enemy is going to shut himself up in his house, in his room. So that's, that's, the, that's where we see the story begin but you know the rest of the story I'm not going to take a lot of time trying to explain what happened in the rest of the story but let me let me give you a few points before we begin to pray Joshua chapter 6 and verse 2 the Bible says what was the first one what was the first verse?" the whole city was afraid because of which they had a lockdown right So the lockdown means these guys are not going to be able to experience any entry point into the city. But the Bible says, but, verse verse 2, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho. So here is what they are faced with. They are faced with an entire city that is closed to them. They are faced with an entire city that is unwilling to let them in. But God says, I have given you Jericho. So they, they, in, their, in their visual, you know, what they are seeing with their eyes is closed doors. But what they're hearing in their ears, in their spiritual ears, is that I have already given you Jericho. So I, I know that, you know, we are faced with so many things today, including the pandemic in our nation, including all the challenges that, comes along with it, all your personal battles, everything that you're faced with today. Can I ask you, do you know what God is saying about this? Do you know what God is speaking about your situation? I don't want to know what you're facing. I don't want to know how, how the Jericho is shut and, and, and there is no open doors and there is no answers and there is no breakthroughs. That's not what I want to know. What I want to know is what is God speaking about this? What is God telling you about your situation? Tell me what God is speaking to me, speaking to you about your situation, and I'll tell you how soon you will inherit it. So before God gives you something, he always and always speaks to you about it. If, if, if you receive something which God has not spoken to you about, which God has not told you it will come to you, then I doubt if it's truly from God. Because whenever God has given his children something, you know, God told Abraham, I'm going to take you to a land. I'm going to give you a land that is beautiful, that is, be, that is beyond your wildest dreams. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your children like the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea. God always would speak before he would do. So in this season, the one thing that we need to become attentive to understand what is God saying about my situation? What is God speaking about my problem? What is God speaking about my relationship? What is God speaking about my finances? What is God speaking about my issue? If, if you can get that thing right, I'm telling you everything else will fall into place. Because the Bible says man shall not live by, come on, tell, tell me the rest of the scripture. Man shall not live by? Yes, which means you, you, you do not survive because you have an open door. You do not survive because you have an invitation letter. No, 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 you do not survive because you have contacts in high places. You survive because you have heard the word of the Lord so often we have made it a normal thing to depend on food to depend on bread to depend on water to depend on people but today the Lord is saying no 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 I am looking for a church that understands my voice my sheep they hear my voice my voice they they they're attentive to my voice and they follow me they follow me so so my question to you is church What is God saying about your situation? What is God saying about your situation? Do you have an understanding? Don't tell me what the prophet told you about your situation. Don't tell me what your pastor told you about your situation. Tell me what God is saying about your situation. What is God speaking to you about what you are going through? If if, if, If you can put all your efforts into pursuing the voice of God, you know, see, if uh, you were hungry for a week, okay, you've not had food for a whole week, just imagine, you've not had food for a whole week, how hungry would you be? And the, and the, and the, and the guys, those among us that don't like the kitchen at all, will still do something to go into the kitchen, do whatever it takes to cook a meal, Right? to do something so that we can be fed. We don't, don't like doing it, but we'll still do it. Can we be so desperate to hear God's voice? Knowing that our survival depends on this. That, that whether you'll be alive or not, whether you'll get out of this mess or not, depends on hearing God's voice. I want you to write this down. I want you to you know make this your wallpaper if you can this week. My survival depends on my ability to hear God's voice. Not see I'm I'm not I'm not talking about I'm not just talking about you know blessings and breakthroughs but the fact that right now I am at the door of Jericho. If I have to be victorious here my survival depends on what God is speaking to me right now. My survival depends on what God is telling me in this season. Not what God has spoken to me 20 years back, but what, God, what is God speaking to me right now. I pray, I pray, my desire is that this church will be a church that loves the voice of God. Oh, that you would, you would desire for the voice of God. You know, you, that you would, you would crave for the voice of God, that you would, you, would, you would go on your knees when God would speak, that you would r- celebrate the voice of God, you would, you would put offerings when the word of God comes to you, that you would just worship when the word of God comes to you. See, the Bible says to who, whoever little things are given, when they are faithful with that little things, greater is given. More is entrusted to them. So if you are going to be faithful to the little instructions that God has given you, to the small revelations that God has given you, then I'm telling you more will come to you. More will come to you. This is just the beginning. Where you have been is not the end of it. There is more coming where it came from. And somebody said, my survival depends on my ability to hear the voice of God. See, I'll tell you this, if you can just, you know, make this a practice every morning to, to sit in the presence of God and say, God, speak to me today. I don't, I don't want to just go babble on and on about what I need. Just speak to me today. Because my, sur- my survival doesn't depend on how much I spoke to you. My survival depends on how much you speak to me. See, we think that if only I can pray for one hour every day, no? then we are set. It's it's the other way. It's about how much you can hear God. When you open your eyes in the morning, can you spend time hearing God before you try to talk back to Him and you try to tell Him everything you want Him to do for you? If we can just make it a practice for the next 365 days, every morning, if you have a manna from heaven drop into your spirit, can you imagine the growth in your spirit after 365 days? Can you imagine where you'd be in your relationship with God, in your authority as a believer? Uh, the, the, the gates of Jericho that is facing you, the, the perspective that you've had about your enemies, your struggles, your circumstances, that is all possible when you make it intentional, make an intentional effort to hear the voice of God to understand what God is speaking about my situation what is God speaking about my situation and you know I'll tell you this it's easier to seek God's will when we are going through a troubled time when we have lack when we do not have enough and it's harder to go to God when everything is okay it's harder to go to God when you have plenty it's harder to depend on God when you have more than enough. So the temptation to depend on God, the temptation to not go to God is not in the times when you don't have enough. It's in the times when you have more than enough. So in this season, can you, can you make it your discipline saying, God, I want to know what you're speaking. I, I, I just want to know what you're speaking. I, I, want to, I can live without everything else. I can live without food, I can live without, you know, people, I can live without breakfast, I can live without everything else, but I cannot live without your wash. There was a season in my life when, you know, I'm a, I'm a highly punctual person. I don't like getting late to church, you know. So I would, uh, I would on a Sunday morning especially, I'd just get up, Get ready, I know my word, I have to preach a word, and I have to rush to church and all of that. And then God began to convict me, saying, You know, you have a pattern on all other days, but on Sundays you don't hear for yourself, you only hear for the church. And, and I said, Okay, God, but you know I'm busy on Sundays. And then, you know, that that became that became a deep conviction that no, I cannot, I cannot even skip Sundays. I have to, so I started waking up earlier on Sundays. So before I would start preparing my sermons, before I would start preparing to minister to the church, I'll first sit back and hear what God is speaking to me. Because if I cannot be fed and nourished, if I cannot be taken care of, if my soul cannot be strengthened, then I'm not in position to help somebody else. So it's necessary, my friends, that, We make it a practice to go to God on a daily basis and ask him, what are you speaking? Everybody said, but God said to, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho. I have given you its kings and I have given you all its strong warriors. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 6 and verse 9, and then some of the armed men, they marched in front of the priests with the horn and some behind the ark with the priests continually blowing the horns. You know the story, right? How they went round and round the city of Jericho. But what I want to explain is how they did it. What the Bible says is, the presence of God was in the ark of the covenant. So the ark of the covenant was in the center And there were a few armed people ahead of the ark and there were armed people behind the ark. Okay. The priests with the with the ark of the covenant were right at the center. And that is how they began to go around the city of Jericho. See, they are doing what they are doing to obey God's voice. See, when God said, what did God say? I have already given you Jericho. So now they need to obey what God is saying about Jericho, right? So in their obedience, now they are pursuing what God is telling them about Jericho. But the Bible says they did this as an intentional thing to keep the presence of God in the center of their pursuit. Sometimes what happens with us is we hear God and then we Run off to do it on our own strength. So here we see this, guys. They are, they have heard God, but they say, God, but we don't want to do this without you. I know I have heard your voice, but through the pursuit of obeying your voice throughout this day, I want to keep you right at the center. I want to keep your presence, the focus, at the very center of everything that we are doing. Read this with me. Some of the armed men. They marched in front of the priest with the horns and some behind the ark. Some ahead and some behind. Where was the presence? The presence was at the center. In the center. They were pursuing the call of God. They were pursuing the voice of God. But they kept the presence of God in the very center of it all. Even in the process. Even in the process they kept pursuing along with the presence of God. And that is what set them apart you know there are so many in the Bible who have pursued the will of God outside the presence of God and there are so many who have pursued you know who've gone away from the will of God but with the presence of God both of it doesn't work when you pursue the will of God without the presence of God you are going to become a, a it, it, you will you'll be doing it on your own strength in your own ability the best example is Saul, where he was pursuing the will of God now, but the Bible says God had left him. The presence of God had left him. So now, even though what he was doing was, you know, when he wanted to fight Goliath and when he wanted to gain these victories, God wanted to give him the victory. It was the will of God, but he didn't have the presence of God. He didn't have the, the, the grace to host the presence of God. And there were other group of people, you know, the sons of Eli. They carried the presence of God and they went into the battle that God had not ordained them to go into. So, so what happened to them? They came back defeated. So, there are people that will try to host the presence of God without the will of God. And there are people that will try to push for the will of God without the presence of God. Both of it is extremes. We need to hear the voice of God to understand His will. And then we need to have his presence in the center as we try to pursue that will that is the key to your success it's not just knowing god's will it's not just hearing god's voice but your obedience your pursuit your journey to doing god's will if you can do that with god's presence in the center keeping god as the focus keeping god as everything And saying, God, I'm not doing this for myself. I'm doing this to honor you. I'm doing this to bring worship to you. I'm doing this to bring glory to you. I'm a lover of his presence. Oh, yes, yes, yes. If we can can sing that song and if we can worship him when we are doing our work in your office, when you're doing that coding, if you can say, I'm a lover of your presence, God. I want to keep you in the center when I'm doing this. I know this is your will for my life right now, but I want to I do this with you in the center of it. See, you know, fighting a battle doesn't look like a spiritual activity because you're, you're killing people there. It doesn't look like something that, you know, you do when you have goosebumps. But they said, no, we'll keep the presence of God in the center of it all. Because if I can, if I can pursue the will of God, And if I can keep the presence of God in the center of my life, in everything that I do, there's nothing, absolutely nothing, that will ever be impossible for me. Absolutely nothing, no enemy that that will be able to take me down. You would see further in Joshua chapter 6, verse 10, Joshua now commands them, Do not shout, do not even talk. Joshua commanded them, Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout and then shout. So what are they doing? They're pursuing the will of God. They're pursuing the voice of God and they have the presence of God with them, right? Now Joshua gives them an order. In this pursuit, I want you to keep quiet. I want you to keep quiet. I know you're facing a lot of battles, but I don't want you to speak up. I don't want you to fight for yourself. I don't want you to take the weapon in your hand and try to... See, this is a time when it was allowed. See, this is a season, in the Old Testament, it was allowed to physically kill your enemies. And yet Joshua told them, you need to keep quiet in this season. You just, just, just be quiet. There is going to become a time when you need to become aggressive and when you need to shout and when you need to release yourself. But right now, as you're hosting the presence of God, just keep quiet. Let the Lord do His work. You have no idea how powerful your quietness is. You have no idea how powerful your stillness is. The Bible would say this again and again. Just be still and know that I am God. Just be still. In Exodus, God would tell the people of Israel, just be still and see see how God, how I'm going to fight your battles. See how the Lord is going to rescue you from the Egyptians today. Just be still. Just stay silent. You know, when, I want, when somebody insults me, if I, don't, if I don't want them to be hurt, I reply back and I insult them back. But if I silence myself, if I keep quiet, I know that it's a very dangerous place for this guy. Because if I keep quiet, then God is going to fight for me. You know, recently somebody was fighting against me and, and I was like, man, I feel the need to respond to this because this is a guy that I don't want him hurt because if I don't respond to this, I know God will respond to this because you have no idea how powerful your silence is. When you keep quiet, when you stay silent in some situations, when you just withdraw, when you just say, God, I'm not going to try to vindicate myself, I'm not going to try to honor myself in this situation. You are my vindicator. You, you are the one who gives me promotion. You are the lifter up of my head. You are the one who exalts me. You are the one who anoints my head with all. You are the one who prepares a feast for me, a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You know, God is a, God is a master doing this. He, he, he wants your enemies alive while you're being prepared while you're being fed in their midst he wants them to watch as you're being blessed he wants them to see how God is on your side that's why the Bible says he prepares a table in the presence of your enemies not in the absence but in the presence of your enemies so Joshua tells them this is not a season to shout I'll tell you when to shout but until then just keep quiet. Verse 16, you would see how the seventh time around, the seventh day and the seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the town. He doesn't say shout and then the Lord will give you the town. What did, what did Joshua say? Shout, For the Lord has has already given. Now it is a battle you need to fight. We don't fight battles that has not been won already. We fight battles that has already been won. Joshua says, hey, when you shout is when things change. Okay? But it is not time for shouting till the place is already given to us. He says, Shout now, because the land has already been given to you, so there are some things that i 'm going to declare today and and we're going to see victory over some things that you're going to release your sound, your voice over things that God has already given you already given you you know we are not we are not traveling to a place of victory or to a place of healing or to a place of breakthrough. we are traveling from a place of healing, from a place of victory, from a place of breakthrough. When we understand that, when, we, when our eyes are open to see what has already been done, what has already been given, and then we shout, and then we pray, and then we release, then we say, then we declare, then we have faith, we will see that manifest immediately. That's why Jesus said, Don't you know that your heavenly father knows all that you need even before you ask? He knows everything that you need and you need to ask for the things that he has already given you. He has already given you. Now, when you know that it has already been given and then you ask, then you seek, then you knock, then you pursue, then you shout, then you release a voice, then you declare. I'm telling you, there is no struggle. See when do we struggle? We struggle when we don't know the outcome right? But can you imagine how your response is gonna be when you already know that the outcome is gonna be in your favor. The outcome is already going to be for you. It's gonna be for your blessing. it's gonna be for your family. God is on your side. When you know the outcome already, there's gonna be no struggle. I don't care, I don't care how you, how you going to look at me, what you're gonna say, If you're gonna bless me if you're not going to if you're going to promote me no I know the outcome guys so I'm going to do my work with the freedom when I'm when I already understand where I am coming from amen the Bible goes on to say in Joshua chapter 6 and verse 17 now Joshua is telling them Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. So what God is telling them is, your victory, the breakthrough that you are going to experience today, it is an offering to the Lord. It is worship to the Lord. Your, your breakthroughs has the capacity to bring glory to God. When, when, when Jesus wanted to uh, go and heal Lazarus, you know, when, the, when Martha and Mary, when they came and told Jesus, saying, uh, your, your friend Lazarus is sick, Jesus said, okay, that's good. I'm not going to come today. I'm going to wait a little longer. I'm going to wait till he dies. And I'm going to wait four days after he dies. And the Bible says he, he extended the time. And when his disciples asked him, he said, hey, this is, this is for the glory of God. I'm doing something, I'm, I'm releasing something that is going to be for the glory of God. This may be your victory, but it is not for your blessing. It, it may be your blessing, it may be your breakthrough, it may be your promotion, but it is not for your glory, it is for His glory. It is to bring Him worship, it is to bring Him honor. See, the Bible says that they had to destroy everything in this city and accumulate everything in the city for the treasury of God's house. In fact, they were not even supposed to dwell in Jericho. Do you know that they didn't live in Jericho? Jericho, they just destroyed and they just moved on. They didn't take take over Jericho because they needed it. They took over Jericho because they wanted to bring worship to God. All the gold in the city, all the silver, bronze, all the precious things in the city, it was supposed to be devoted to God. It was supposed to be... uh, Kept for the purposes of the treasury where God's temple will be built. And so that is why these guys were fighting this battle. They thought they are trying to do this for their own survival. No, it was for them, it was not for their survival. It was to bring worship to God, it was to bring glory to God. So what the the sickness that you think you're battling, it's not about you. The, The the relationship issue that you think you're battling, oh man, it's not about you. The ministry breakthrough that you've been praying for is not about you none of the battles that you fight is about you it is about how you can bring offering to God through the victory that you're gonna gain out of this see when you understand this your perspective changes you are no longer fighting to look good before people you're no longer fighting to be happy now you're fighting to worship God now when you release that shout you're not releasing out of a selfish ambition to become wealthy. But you're releasing that shout because you want a gold, a silver, a bronze to build the house of God, to build the temple of God. See, that is the, that is what God told Joshua. He said, hey, this place, when you when you take this place down, you're not to live here. You know, in fact, the next verse, you know, in the, the, the last scripture, if you read it, it says in... Verse 26, Joshua, he invoked this curse upon this place. And he said, may the curse of the Lord fall on anyone who tries to rebuild this city of Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn, he will lay his foundation. And at the cost of his youngest son, he will set up its gates. In fact, this curse stayed on the city of Jericho for years, decades, centuries later. The, the guy that actually built, the rebuilt Jericho, his firstborn died when the foundation was laid. His last one died when he finally finished the work. So this place was never meant for Israelites. It was not for their benefit that they are fighting this battle. It is not for their comfort that they are fighting this battle. It is, it is not for their blessing that they are fighting this battle. They are fighting this battle so they can bring an offering to god so they can bring worship to god so they can bring glory to god see when we understand that our our perspectives about the battles that we are facing needs to change so your problem in your marriage man it's not about you it's about how god is going to receive glory out of this your lack of finances it's not about you your lack of breakthroughs it's not about you it's all about how God is going to be glorified. How worship will come to God through your victory. Through your breakthrough. And when we understand that, the way that we shout, I'm telling you it will change. The way that we consecrate ourselves will change. The, the, the drive that we have, the desire that we have will, will change. Now we are not doing it to ourselves. Now we are doing it for God. Do you know that that God desires for you to be wealthy? God desires for you to be healthy. God desires for you to prosper. God desires for you to grow in your relationships. And it's not just to make you look good. Yes, you will look good in all of this, but it's not just to make you look good. It is so that when you do look good, you will reflect the glory of your Creator. You will reflect the glory of the person that sent you. You'll reflect, you, you will reflect, you will learn how to bring everything back into balance and, and bring it back to Christ, bring it back to Jesus. Jesus said, you know, Jesus, in fact, when he was at the grave of Lazarus, he said, Father, I could have prayed this in private, but I, I choose not to pray this in private. I choose to pray it in open so that they know that you are a God who answers my prayer. So that you can receive glory out of this whole thing. They shouldn't think that this is out of a coincidence that Lazarus came back out. No. They need to know the source of this healing, this resurrection. I believe that the Lord is going to use some of you to bring down the walls of Jericho. The Lord is going to use some of you to bring down the the fortifications. You know, the, the city of Jericho stood in between where the people were and their promised land and between Canaan. The city of Jericho stood in between. They had to take the city of Jericho down before they could cross over and they can go and take down other giants, other, uh, other all the cities that God had blessed them with. So today, I, I know that God's promises are there in your lives, but I also see there are fortifications strongholds that are stopping that are standing in the way but if you will agree with me today we're going to take those strongholds down in the name of jesus we're going to bring down everything that is standing in the way of you experiencing your victory your breakthrough and in this victory you don't have to do anything you don't have to fight for anything you don't have to you know go out there to uh, bring down the walls all you need to do is release a shout. Uh, this morning, when I was reading the Word, uh, you know, I read this portion of Scripture from Joshua chapter Judges chapter four and five, where the Bible talks about how Jael, Jael or Hael, how how do you call it? Uh, this lady, she was at a home, and the Bible says, "Sisera, he was the enemy of the nation. Sisera, she he came to her house." He came and he just came and is like, you know, he just came and slept in her house. Technically, what he did is, this is the enemy, okay? The enemy came and slept in her house. What he was saying is, here I am, I am your victim. Come, kill me, take me. What did Jael do to overcome the enemy? Jael was an ordinary housewife. She did nothing. She just stayed in her house, did what God had assigned for her to do. And the enemy came looking for her, to her house. All Agile needed to do was take the, take, the, take the nail and nail him down and finish what had already been done in the battlefield. So today, the Lord has brought some Sisera's to your tents. And they are not to threaten you, my friend. They are not to hurt you. They are so that you can nail down what has already been done in the battlefield. See, Jesus has already won it all on the battlefield. The ultimate battle was won on the cross. And all these guys that are coming to your house, they are, they are runaway victims. They are guys that are running away from the battlefield. All you need to do is just take your knife out, just take your weapons out and take down the enemy that has walked into your tent, that has walked into your blessing, that has walked into your family, that has walked into your church, that has walked into your city. You have authority over that enemy. You have authority. You, you don't have to let it survive, let it thrive. Are you ready to pray with me this morning? I don't know if your faith is built up, but I am I'm, I'm ready to declare and I am ready to believe that no giant No wall, no fortification, no Jericho, nothing that has ever threatened you from entering into your promised land will prosper. Today in the name of Jesus, you will overcome, you will survive every weapon, every weapon. Every weapon. You know, I I want you to ask yourself this question. What is God speaking about my situation right now? what is god sp- speaking about my problem what is god saying about my problem what is what is the lord what's the lord's heart about my issue what is god's perspective about my situation what is god's perspective about what i am going through There is a grace right now being released to hear God's voice for your situation right now. If you can just if you can just be intentional to receive this. When you hear something, don't ignore it. Take out your phones immediately and type it down. Take out your books and type it down. Write it down. Whatever the Lord is speaking right now. Do not ignore what God is speaking right now. A I'm a lover of your presence 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 I'm a lover of your presence. Jesus, I'm a lover of your presence. I'm a lover of your presence. I'm not asking you to to tell me what others have said about your situation. Yes, there are people who have said you're never going to succeed in this. But I want to know what is God saying about this what is God saying about this what is God speaking about this situation what is the Lord's heart about your health I'm a lover of your presence I'm a lover of your presence I'm a lover of your presence All we want is you I'm a lover of your presence I'm a lover of your presence I'm a lover of your presence and all we want is you. I don't know how many of you have sleep disorders but the Lord is fixing your sleep disorder. If you have a sleep issue, if you have an issue with your sleep, receive this healing right now. There is a grace that is coming that is going to help you to Be restored in your times of sleep. Every sleep disorders, every, every nightmares that is keeping you awake in the night. Every dream that stops you from sleeping at night. Because of which your productivity during the day is, is decreasing. Today the Lord is breaking that sleep disorder in Jesus mighty name. What is the Lord speaking about your problem? What is the Lord saying about your situation? I'm a lover of your presence. I'm a lover of your presence. I'm a lover of your presence. And all we want is you. I'm a lover of your presence i'm a lover of your presence i'm a lover of your